Curious Conversations About Sex is brought to you by Curious Creatures, who run a variety of workshops on self-development and sexuality in Australia. My name is Rog. Today's topic is about gender and the question of how you define it. Uh, Welcome to one of the most confusing and consistently misunderstood topics in the world. I'm not saying I've got the whole thing sorted out, um, but I have developed a structure over the last 30 years that's working well for me and those that I've taught it to. I'm going to talk you through it now in a way that I hope will work for you also, uh, and maybe also allow you to understand more about the people around you. I think the biggest problem with the idea of gender and trying to define it comes from trying to find just one label that captures everything about us. I mean, I get that as humans, we're a little bit obsessed with trying to put everything into simple categories wherever we possibly can, but I think it's just not possible in this case. I think the trick is to break the question down into smaller, more easily defined chunks. Uh, So I'm gonna present you with four different ways to look at your gender and your sexuality that collectively give you a pretty accurate way of understanding and defining yourself. So the four categories I want to take you through are your physical body, your psychology or your personality, the question of what genders or what types of people you are attracted to, and lastly, your political gender identity. There are more levels to it than this, um, but I find that adding in too many layers starts to get progressively less useful for people. Um, and before we start, like it just needs to be said, this is very much an evolving thing. Uh, even communities of people that are built around gender studies and related topics can't agree on the concepts or the language or even to use the same word in the same way. Um, So to say that a little differently, it is just literally not possible to get this stuff right at the moment, and it may never be. So, you know, don't worry too much. So, uh, let's get started. Um, The first level is the physical, um, by which I mean the physical body that you're in. Speaking for myself, I've got a cock and no breasts or vagina or related bits and pieces. Uh, So I seem to be in a body that most folks would call male. I used to hate the fact that I was male, or more accurately, I used to hate men. So extension, or like by extension, I hated myself. Maybe more on that in a minute. In my 20s, I was more seriously into what you might call cross-dressing, and I've never really... Uh, been much of a blokey bloke type bloke Uh, and honestly I often assumed that I was on a trans journey uh, by which I mean I assumed that at some stage I'd be making a full transition to living as a woman uh, probably with surgery uh, even though that was pretty rare back in the early 90s. I'm glad I didn't because it turns out for me uh, it's not that I wanted to be a woman It was just that I really didn't like men uh, as a result of the gender political environment I was immersed in at an age when, uh, if we're being honest, uh, I was a bit of an extremist. 
in my desperation to get away from manliness and all things men uh, and in the absence of role models or information about being non-binary or queer, I assumed that a complete switch, uh, a transition, was the only option. Uh, if you're in a binary world, if you don't want to be one thing, uh, you must want to be the other thing, right? So in saying that, I want to separate myself from many of my trans comrades who have a much stronger sense that the body they were born in is the wrong one for them uh, and that for them to be complete, their body needs to change uh, or to be corrected uh, to the one that's right for them. I think my motivations for thinking about transitioning wouldn't have worked out to be good reasons, but that's just for me. It wasn't until I started studying Tantra and sexuality that I was kind of forced to make peace with the body I was in. I didn't see it coming, but it's obvious in retrospect. Uh, Tantra is in part about exploring more pleasure and more presence in your body. And to do that, you've just got to do more than begrudgingly tolerate your body. You've got to learn to love it and to love the pleasure it can bring you. Uh, to put that in the first person, I had to learn to love my body uh, and the pleasure it could bring me. Uh, I had to find more love and compassion for myself as a man, uh, which also meant finding uh, love and compassion for men more broadly. God damn it, I really wasn't into that at the time. Uh, this realisation came at the same time that I was studying psychology and getting a lot of my own therapy um, most of which was about finding, or not most, but a lot of which was about finding ways to integrate what you might call my feminine side without abandoning my masculine side. Um, I really dislike that framework because I don't see the world in that binary kind of a way, uh, but I'm using that language because I think it's easier to understand. I think at this point in time, we're actually on the cusp of a huge topic around the ways that what you might call sexual dysfunction is actually related to our hatred of our own gender. I'm going to say that again because I think it's really important. I think there's a connection between sexual dysfunction and the attitudes we have to our own gender. What I mean by that is that if you look at male uh, things like erectile dysfunction, premature ejaculation, uh, inability to experience pleasure, uh, or if you have a look at the classically female types of things like a lack of wetness when you want it or vaginismus or vulvodynia uh, and an inability to experience pleasure, then what I suggest is that perhaps some of those things are caused by a lack of positive attitude for our own gender. I mean, it makes sense. If you hate what your body represents or you're in a world that hates what your body represents, how on earth is your body going to be a temple of pleasure? So I want to say thank you, Tantra, for pulling me up on that one. Uh, no one wins a war and no one is winning the gender war. Anyway, I'm way off topic. What I mostly wanted to say is that on a physical level, I'm in a male body and I now have a great relationship with this body and I'm proud of it. Uh, I've decoupled it from what you might call the idea of being a man and what I'm left with is a body that's really fun to play with and that plays well with others. Smiley face. You've probably heard the word cis, spelled C-I-S, used in relation to gender. 
Uh, different people have slightly different definitions, and I'm not going to pretend I've got the right one or the only one. But I think of it uh, much in terms of its medical roots, uh, where it means that something matches. Uh, a mismatch, on the other hand, would be trans. Uh, so in the world of gender, a cisgendered person is someone whose body feels aligned or like it matches. And a transgendered person is someone for whom their physical gender doesn't match or doesn't feel like it aligns. A transgendered person may have already had reassignment surgery done, or they may be thinking about it in the future, or they may ha have uh, no interest in it whatsoever. Um, circling back to you, if your answer to the question of what's your gender is something like, well, of course I'm male, or well, of course I'm female, um, then you're probably cis, uh, as in cisgendered. Uh, the body you are in is probably the right one for you. Since my physical body feels right to me these days, I'm going to go right ahead and call myself cisgendered male or cis male. But remember, I'm only talking about my physical body, which was the part of that story that I was snagged on 20 years ago. <laughs> snagged, literally, for those of you that are around at the time. Um... Which brings us to the second level, which for me is the psychological level. Uh, so by this, I mean what most people talk about as masculine and feminine personality traits. Some people think that the ways that gender impacts on your personality are mostly hardwired and uh, bred into us at birth. Uh, these are the ones given to us by nature. On the other hand, some people think that these things are mostly socialised traits, uh, the result of the way we are nurtured or socialised. Uh, thus, uh, we often refer to this debate as the nature versus nurture debate. Um, if you like arguing with people, and particularly if you like getting frustrated, uh, you should definitely get onto Facebook and open this topic up. Personally, I think the jury is still out in terms of the ultimate answer here. Uh, there seems to be credible research to suggest that both are true, depending on what you're measuring and how you measure it. Uh, it seems to me that the majority of people agree that our personalities are a mix of both hardwiring and socialization. So it's just a question of how much weight you think each factor contributes. Uh, my belief personally, and bearing in mind, I'm just another random person you found on the internet, uh, is that socialization is stronger than our hardwiring in most people, most of the time. I say this for two reasons. The first reason is that if our personality traits were mostly bred into us and are mostly hardwired, uh, then I would have more in common with any man, no matter where he was born. And this is just not the case. If you put me in a room, uh, for example, with a man born in, I don't know, an African country about 50 years ago, I would have very little in common with him. But on the other hand, if you put me in a room with a woman from the current time period, especially one that's had a similar sort of cultural background and education and a similar level of intelligence to myself, um, then we are going to seem very similar. We're going to have a lot in common. 
this is despite the fact that she comes from Venus and I come from Mars. That's a sarcastic reference to a popular book from a couple of decades ago that preached that men and women were almost impossibly polar opposite to each other. That they're fundamentally different types of people, almost like they're from different planets. You've probably already worked out that that's not a philosophy I agree with, despite how well it's sold. <clears throat> Coming back. The second reason why I think our personality is not so heavily hardwired um, is to do with my own personal story. Um, so we all have moments of depression, and the one time that I was depressed to the point where I, I couldn't work how to navigate out of that, um, fortunately I, I did find a way to navigate out of that, but it was quite a pivotal pivotal, life-changing moment back there in my early 20s. And what I, what I did shortly afterwards was uh, essentially sit down and make a list um, of the qualities that I thought I had as a person. So on one side, I um, yeah, made a column of uh, qualities that I felt that I had been socialised with and on the other side, I made a list of the qualities I felt that I hadn't been socialised with. And this was basically down gender lines. So as someone that presents to the world as male, uh, I'd been socialised, you know, uh, as a man or as a, as a male, however you want to call that. And that gave me certain qualities. And so what I did after that uh, life-changing and nearly life-losing um, moment in my life I looked at that list and I remember literally putting a line through some of the qualities that I felt that I'd been socialised with and given. Uh, like I remember, for instance, one of them was I realised I just literally had not cried at all for something like eight years. Then on the other side of the page, I looked at the qualities that I hadn't been given as part of my gender socialisation and I put a circle around the qualities that I felt that I would like to bring into my life that would be more useful. And so from there, it was a question of setting about changing things. Um, like to give you an example, I remember there were a couple of qualities uh, that I felt that I, like I had not been given uh, that were along the lines of essentially like emotional fluidity or communication skills. Um, that's probably not the language I used at the time. But I remember clearly in my mind it was those concepts. And, yeah, from there it's just a question of setting, about, setting out about playing catch-up and, and getting a hold of those skills, which took me down a path of psychology and facilitation training and therapy and a whole bunch of other things. And... Um, Whilst I certainly don't profess to be an expert in those areas, um, like, gee, overall I feel comfort with the level of skill I have these days. So circling back around to those concepts, those kind of ideas are the sorts of things that people often talk about as being hardwired, like you're either born with them or you're not. And more specifically, you know, women are born with um, the capacity uh, to do those sorts of things and, and men are not so much. And I just want to say from my personal experience, um, that's not my understanding. Like, yes, it can take some work to um, 
become different to the person you were brought up as or the person you were socialised as, uh, but it's possible. Uh, and that leads me to think that um, it's not so much about hardwiring. We have much more control and agency over things. Yeah, so for me, I don't think that our personality is totally dictated by our body type or our genitals. And even if I'm wrong about that, um, my brand of gender equality is that we should all be entitled to have a red hot shot at whatever the hell we want and not be judged by other people's ideas of what we should uh, and shouldn't be allowed to do on account of our gender. So for me, uh, making no assumptions about a person's personality based on what I think I know about their physical body is just a natural follow-on. I'm almost what you might call a denialist about the differences between genders because I think there are very few downsides to playing down the idea of gender, uh, but a lot of upsides. I, I think that the more we ignore gender, the more free we are from gender conditioning, uh, and the more we focus on the idea that gender is hardwired and fixed, the more we are likely to end up with a very gendered kind of a culture and a very gendered kind of a socialization. So yeah, I'm a denialist. So circling back to me and finishing up this level, the second level, I'm strongly non-gendered or at least non-binary when it comes to my personality and my psychology. Uh, it's on this level I identify as queer or possibly queer as fuck because I don't see myself as masculine or some kind of balance of masculine and feminine or yin and yang or whatever else you want to call it. I see myself as being outside of that particular spectrum entirely, um, like, or at least I occupy multiple points on that gender spectrum simultaneously. So, so far, I'm physically cis male and psychologically I'm queer or non-binary. Uh, What's your personality? Uh, do you identify as masculine, feminine, non-binary, queer, or some other thing? Which brings us to the third level, and the third level is attraction. Uh, so this is about what types of person you're attracted to, and it's got nothing to do with your physical body or your personality. Uh, I was socialised in a society that doesn't just suggest that men shouldn't be with other men. It literally beats that message into us. Uh, it's a very effective indoctrination. Uh, for most of my life, I hated the thought of being with other people with cocks, and I could have sworn to any god you could name that I was only attracted to people with pussies. However, it's easy to mistake strong social pressure for a genuine preference. Uh, and I think that I, like a lot of dudes, uh, couldn't even get out from under that conditioning to work out where my actual sexual and romantic interests were. And bear in mind, I kind of strongly disliked men thanks to my gender politics at the time. So it's hard to imagine me sucking dick with all of that going on in the background. It's not that I was homophobic. I was smart enough to realise that being gay was totally legit and maybe I was even slightly more comfortable around gay men because they were less like the blokey blokey blokes that I really didn't like. Uh, I just, you know, 
didn't want to fuck one myself. Well, up until I did, of course. <laughs> uh, I think it was my 38th birthday that I first found uh, a kiss with another cock owner to be actual proper arousing. And not long after that, I discovered the joy of having someone else's cock pressed against me uh, and that that could be a really lovely thing. But geez, it was a lot of work to get there. So let's recap. Physically, I'm a cisgendered male, and psychologically, I'm queer or non-binary. In terms of attraction, uh, let's say I'm pansexual or queer or something like that, meaning I experience attraction to all the people and all the genders. Uh, even though most of my experience happens to have been with people with pussies, uh, I still like the like the idea of being pansexual, because I do feel genuine attraction for all the people. Um, so yeah, but most of my experience has been with people with pussies, and since I've got a cock, yay, uh, that means that I've had a mostly hetero kind of a background, but pansexual is definitely the word I like most for where I'm at these days. By the way, pan in this context effectively means all, as in, I like all the genders, I'm pansexual. So where are you at? Are you same-sex attracted or hetero or maybe bisexual if you believe in the binary model or maybe pansexual if you don't? And let's not forget asexual. To be asexual is to not feel sexually attracted to other people regardless of their gender. Uh, asexuality doesn't exclude intimacy or romance or touch or anything else. Uh, you just might not want to get sexual with people. And as a sex educator, I'd like to say that asexuality is a totally legitimate way to be. So that brings us to the fourth level, which is your political outlook. I've not found any other model of gender that uses the political level like this. But for me, I'm reminded of something someone once said about how the personal is political. I actually don't think we can separate the two. And so for me, my gender political outlook is a part of my personal gender identity. I find it useful to borrow the language we were using for our bodies back at the start of this conversation, uh, of the language of cis and trans. If we apply that language to our political perspective, then cis-political means that there is an alignment between your body and your gender politics, and trans-political means, I guess you could say, that you bat for the other side. So a cis-political female would be feminist-identified, and a trans-political female would be more interested in men's issues. A cis-political male would be mostly interested in men's issues, and a trans-political male would be mostly interested in women's issues. So where do I sit? Well, as with previous parts of my gender identity, I don't personally like this binary framework. It implies that you're either with one side or the other, and that there's no in-between, or more accurately, no capacity to be on all sides at once. Uh, I think that this is limiting. So. In the same way that on a personality level, I don't like to be tied to any one side, 
And in terms of my sexual attraction, I'm pansexual. Politically, I identify as pan-political. What I mean by that is that I like to try and wrap my head around everyone's gender politics. Women's issues, men's issues, non-binary issues, I am into them all. I like to try and maintain my awareness around everyone's issues. I often feel like we live in a world where people are starting to become more fluid around the other levels of gender identity we've been talking about, by which I mean our physical gender, our psychological gender, and our gender attraction. Uh, I think those categories have been blurred a lot over the last couple of decades, and I mean that in the best possible way. I'm massively in favour of blurring the lines um, and, and have, living in a more fluid world in, in relation to gender, because I believe it leads to more equality and choice. Uh, and also it leads to more capacity to just be yourself, whatever that is. Um, I think a lot of progress has been made there. And I think it's possible that the next leap forwards will be to apply that same fluidity, that same flexibility to the way we see the gender political world around us. So I'm pan-political and I'm on the team of anyone that doesn't insist that I singularly identify with any one group. I'm a fan of everyone's issues and honestly, I don't think I could do my job in a professional and ethical way otherwise. But anyway, that's me. What about your political outlook? Are you cis-political or trans-political? Or maybe pan-political like me? Or maybe, I don't know, maybe you're apolitical, um, I guess, like being asexual. That's a legitimate spot as well. Hey there, listener. I'd like to make you a little proposal. I love making this podcast for free because it helps me spread the word about sex positivity. But I could use your help in spreading the word just by sharing this episode if that's not too absurd. For every 10 stories that you listen to, please recommend it to someone that might like it too. This is not a real contract, for you got no say. I would if I could frame it some other way. And if sharing's not for you, that's fine. There's nothing to do. Please listen without guilt to this podcast I built. So, to sum me up, in terms of my physical body, I'm cis male. In terms of my personality, I'm queer as fuck. In terms of what I'm attracted to, I'm pansexual. And in terms of my political identity, I'm pan-political. But there's one other thing I want to add. Um, It's okay if you don't get all of the nuances of this, and it's okay if you misgender me, by which I mean if you get my gender wrong when you're talking about me or to me. My gender identity is really complicated, Um, And I think there's very little chance that someone that doesn't know me well could possibly get it right. Um, I think gender is a super important thing to talk about, and I think the world gets better when we do just that. And the way I see it, we're actually not free to talk about it if we're all petrified of getting it wrong. And bear in mind, there's pretty much no way to get it right. 
So, and this might sound weird, but part of my gender identity is that I just don't care what you call me, so long as it's done with respect or good humour. I actually like it when my friends deliberately misgender me. It's part of our banter uh, and being what you might call misgendered is part of my gender identity. Uh, I know that's weird and I know in some ways it's a privileged position, even if it's one I've had to work for. Finally, I've got a fun game for you to play. It's the same one I played in my early 20s when I realised I wasn't happy with my life. Uh, or more accurately, I wasn't happy with the ways I'd been socialised. So, step one. Get a piece of paper or a blank document. If you're a slacker, like me, you might be able to do this just in your head. Uh, but similarly, if you're anything like me, you'll probably forget almost all of the whole thing that way. So get a, get a piece of paper or get a blank document. Step two. Make two columns. Title the first column quote, qualities I've been given, unquote, and the other column, quote, qualities I haven't been given, unquote. Step three, go right ahead and populate these lists. Write down things like ability to fix cars and communication skills and relationship skills and ability to earn good money, etc. Uh, don't stop until you've got at least five things in each column, and preferably more like ten things. Step four. Now sit back and look at your list. This is you. This is like a weird table of who you are and who you aren't as a person. Step five. Now put a line through all of the qualities you've been given but that you don't want or that aren't serving you, or that you don't like about the ways you've been socialised. Step six, put a circle around all the qualities that you don't have, but that you would like. Step seven, and the final step of this exercise, is to make a very specific plan for how you're going to become less like the parts of you you don't like, that's the parts you've put a line through, and more like the ways that you want to be. That's the traits that you've put a circle around. How you do this is going to vary wildly and could look like anything from, I don't know, from anger management classes to reading books on fixing cars or getting communication skills through to going to workshops or joining various meetup groups. I want to say that if you can't come up with at least three specific plans for each aspect of your personality that you want to change, then you're not trying hard enough. Maybe leave it be for the moment if you're struggling and come back to it in a few weeks or go over it with a friend or a counsellor and see what you can come up with. Um, it might not be easy straight away, but you'll get there. And so that's basically the exercise. From there, enjoy. Life gets better. And thanks for listening. This has been Curious Conversations About Gender. I mean sex. Curious Conversations About Sex. Yeah. It's Rog again. Just wanting to mention a couple of things. Firstly, a reminder that if anyone comes to mind that might like listening to this episode, please share it with them. There's normally a way to do that from within your podcasting app, 
or you can just send them a message. Secondly, if you want to know more about Curious Creatures who bring you this podcast, then check out our website. We're at curiouscreatures.biz, B-I-Z, and that's also linked to in the show notes. Uh, The main thing we do is run workshops in sexuality, relationships, and self-development, and we're based in Australia. Thirdly, by far the best way to stay in touch is to get on our mailing list, which you can do via the website. We think of your email address as a part of you, so we're very careful about how we use it. And lastly, if you're after our famous consent cards, go to consentcard.com. There you can see the questions for free or buy one. Thanks for listening. It's really nice having you there.